Salwate de Skibli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. I know I missed my dealio yesterday, got busy, had a bunch of stuff that I was doing, but I'm planning on probably doing two today just to make up for that. So without that being said, what we're going to be doing in this episode here is we're going to be taking love, just the aspect of love, and we're going to bridge off that aspect of love and etymologize anything and everything that you might think of. Um, I don't have a lot of words, but we'll get into a lot of them. Um, not all of them are coming from Latin. Not all of them are coming from Greek. Some of them actually come from Old English, some French. Um, we also have, you know, just about everything and anything. So if you're curious and uh, you want to stay tuned and learn a little bit about some lovely love, because at the end of the day, you, know, you guys know me. I like to flame my cards out there fully and completely. I love love. Who doesn't love love? If you've ever experienced the aspect of being in love or, or falling in love for the first time, you in, in turn, you become intoxicated by just being in love, right? You love love. And then all these songs make sense. All these poems make sense. It makes sense because all these people write about it, trying to understand it. And yet you can't. It's this metaphysical, intangible thing. And yet... um. We try our best to understand it, kind of like our life, kind of like God, kind of like anything and everything that kind of bridges from the physical into the metaphysical, you know, but we have language. Language here is what bridges us from that metaphysical to the physical, because if I have now a word for love, this, this all encompassing feeling that just takes over me when I am with someone that I love or that I've fallen in love with, I can remember the first time I fell in love. It was a huge thing for me. It was it took over my entire scope of mind. And I, I'm sure a lot of you guys feel that too. I don't know. At the end of the day, what I've realized about myself and that I embrace fully and completely because I didn't before is that I'm a hopeless romantic and that I am kind of old school in that way. And that, you know, we are coming into a day and age with people that seem to uh, you know, find more, uh, well, I, I, I meet a lot of people that want polyamorous relationships and, um, you know, just these different things and things that I can't align with for myself. You know, I, I still from myself, I think about love as being with my best part, best friend, my, my partner in crime, you know, and maybe for you, a lot of you, you feel that way. And maybe you guys, some of you disagree with me and maybe you guys have a thri thriving polyamorous relationship and uh, more power to you because I don't know how I could do that for myself. Just thinking about the concept of polyamory and such, you know, you bring in such dynamic qualities within, you know, just one person in the relationship. And when in a relationship, what I, I truly believe is that you grow in that relationship and you grow with that person and you challenge each other and it's not going to be always easy. And, you know, maybe some certain times, you know, you find yourselves kind of drifting apart, but then you come back together. And that's what it is, is love is an action, right? We know this in Latin, it can either mean amor amoris, which is the third declension Latin noun, but it can also mean amo amare, which I can, I can conjugate as amo amasamat, amamasamata samat. And I can do that in all tenses, I could do that in the subjunctive mood if I wanted to, indicating that it's an action, and then it's dynamic, and that we in turn are continually loving and that we have to think about how we will love in the future, how we love in the present and how we've loved in the past. And maybe from loving in the past, we learn from that and apply it to our present and then later into our future.
So if you're interested in understanding a little bit more about this love, about this intangible thing, in meaning not, um, not the not the Latin prefix, but actually the Greek prefix in meaning not, can also look like im, like impossible, in, not, tangible, tango, tangere, meaning to touch. It is intangible, not touchable, aka metaphysical. And that's where we get this, this overarching thing that we want to understand so much. And hey, you know what? I can just continue to ramble, 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 bamble on this stuff because your boy is a hopeless romantic. And at some point in my life, I know that, well, hopefully, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a very long while since I felt that. And maybe it won't be for another long while. But, you know, it's a journey. And if you guys are feeling low or you're feeling down or you're feeling unloved, um, I love you. I, I mean that, as, as odd as that sounds, me, this voice through the ethers, throwing that word at you because it can mean so much, and yet some people can say it with such little meaning behind it. I mean it, though. I tell my students I love them, not in a creepy way. I just love them deeply because they've taught me so much about myself, and they've humbled me, and they've helped me grow. And at the end of the day, like I always say, we're growing all together. And that's what I love about my students is that they help me grow when I feel stagnant. And sometimes, especially now, I felt quite stagnant in my life, you know, understanding and hearing about how now my brother, you know, who had gone into teaching is now leaving the teaching field. And, you know, there's a lot of existential crises going on with teachers around the country right now, because at the end of the day, it is a really difficult job. And people don't really understand. Um, and when I hear people say things like, oh, you get summers off, it's just like, you know, I want to strangle you because it's like when people ask me why I study a dead language. In fact, that that occurred yesterday and I almost went off on a, I don't mean to, but it's just one of those things where it's like, come on, look at the language that you speak. Let me go ahead. Well, you know what? I don't even have to. You can believe whatever you want, but you know, don't tell me that what I do is inconsequential, right? That's all I have to say because I know that what I'm doing is hopefully impacting and I'm imbuing this love for language into my students. Look at that, you guys. I love to ramble bamble. Let's see how much I've ramble bambled all the way. Well, almost seven minutes, 650. Let's get into the words now. And then I can ramble bamble more if I want to later on. All right. So let's go ahead and let's just start out with our first word, which is love. You know, this strong feeling of affection, it's tenderness, it's an attachment to another person or maybe even a thing. But it's going to have a lot more weight with, with a person. Etymolo etymologically, it comes from the Middle English uh, luf, uh, from Old English lufu which then came from the Proto-Germanic lubo, right? Lubo meaning to love. And then the Proto-Indo-European, because I'm trying to bring it all the way back to the Proto-Indo-European, which we don't even know what kind of people they were. They're just the Proto-Indo-Europeans that we got our language from. It came from lube, um, spelled L-E-W-B, which refers to care, to desire, or to love. 
Affection is our next one here. Affection refers to a fondness or tenderness towards someone or something. Etymologically, it comes from the Latin affectio or affectionum. Uh, that itself is a third declension noun. Desire, inclination, emotion. It can be a participle as well, an adjectival verb in, in, that, in that respect, uh, coming from affectus, which means desire, inclination, or emotion. Okay. Next one we have here, fondness, a feeling of deep love or affection for someone or something. Etymologically, it does come from the Middle English fondness, actually spelled just about the same except for only one S, from the Old French fondnesse. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's literally spelled fondness except for there's an E at the end, um, which comes from fond meaning foolish foolishly fond of essentially its genesis really came from latin coming from fundus meaning foundation so i find that funny because fundus meaning the foundation of the foundation of the feeling of deep love and or affection it's kind of like the setting of the stage of love tenderness tenderness a uh, feeling of gentleness kindness and or sympathy Sympathy, sim meaning together and or with pathos, referring to suffering and or feeling. Sympathy is when you feel together with someone um, where you can't really empathize, right? Empathizing means M meaning within, you feel within. So empathetic is when you can actually relate on a situational basis with a person where sympathy, you can understand that they are going through a very hard time, although you can't relate situationally to what whatever they're going through. You know, maybe they you know, they lost a, a bunch of family in the earthquakes over in Turkey. And you know that they're going through a very difficult time, but you don't have that same um, event that's happened in your life. So you can't, you can't empathize with that person. I always like to talk about that word because people don't really understand the difference between sympathy or empathy, you know? So I always like to go ahead and do that. Attachment, which is a strong feeling or of affection and care for someone or something. It comes from the Latin ad taco, ad taceo, which means to fasten. Um, basically to fasten to or to bind essentially it comes from actually also the old french attacker which means to to attach or to bind so attachment just really comes from the latin which means to fasten and when you are attached to someone you are fastened fastened to them but you are fastened to them emotionally feelings wise the care for one, for another person you are attached to them Devotion, which is a loyal and loving dedication to someone or something. And etymologically, it comes from our Latin devotio, devotionem, which means an offering or a dedication to, um, coming from devotus, meaning devoted. That is a perfect past participial form. No, it's not a perfect past participial form. It's a, because that would be a gerundive and it's not a gerundive. It's a it's a past participial form. Perfect past. I think it's perfect past, actually. Just kidding. I second guess myself. It's been a while, you guys. Like I, It's like I have to use my mind to try and throw up charts in my mind if 
any of my students are listening right now, you guys know how much charge we do in Latin with the, the amount of declensions and conjugations we do. But I kind of try and throw it up in my head a little bit. I have images of like Wheelock's book just imprinted in my head at this point. And I p pull up the participial. Anyways, I'm ramble babble and I'll shut up. Um, next one, adoration. Adoration, the feeling of deep love and admiration for someone or something. Etymologically, it comes from the Middle English. Um, ada, adoration, um, which I know I'm not pronouncing right. So let's just go to Latin, which is adoratio, which means adoration and or worship coming from adorare, which is the infinitive. And it looks like a first conjugation, which means to worship or to adore. Adoration, adorare. See how they all come from the Latin? Adoration comes from adorare. Very, very similar. If anything, if I looked at adorare in Latin, I would think of it, uh, if I didn't know for sure, I would think that that means to adore, which is another um, meaning that it has. It either means to worship or to adore. Passion, our next one here. Passion, a strong feeling of enthusiasm and excitement for something or someone. Etymologically, it comes from Middle English, passionum, and or, uh, passionen, rather. Uh, so let's just go ahead and just jump right to that Latin because I, uh, you know, I'm better at that. It comes from our Latin passus, again, our perfect passive participle, meaning suffered and or endured. Um, this is where we also get um, uh, pathos in the Greek. Pathos assimilated uh, into the Latin, which is passus, uh, from the Latin passio, passiona, meaning to suffer or suffering and or enduring that participle. Um, and there you go for passion, right? Because you can be suffering uh, from your uh, from the love that you have, right? Um, the the thing of uh, the the I don't know why this just popped into my head, but. I, and I've never actually heard, seen the movie, but The Passion of the Christ, right? The passion that he had was deep, but it ended up leaving, leading him to his death, right? And his, 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 his killing, essentially, um, you know, and as they say in religion, you know, he died for our sins. Um, the passion that he had eventually led to the suffering that he, that he endured. Compassion. Com meaning together and or with. Passion coming from passus meaning suffered and or endured. Compassion is suffering with someone, right? Or enduring with them or feeling with them. Uh, Definition-wise, comes from a feeling of sympathy and or sorrow from the, for the suffering of another, often accompanied by a desire to help. Etymologically, like I said, it comes from compassionum or comp compati um, in the Latin, which means, well, compati means to suffer with. And compasio, compassiona means feeling and or emotion with. Because that calm, when you put in front of passus, compasus just means the suffering and the enduring with. Because calm comes from cum. Cum is a preposition in Latin, means with. All right. It's a preposition accompanied by a, an ablative. Um, typically, that is what we call an ablative of accompaniment. So, with suffering. Last one that we're going to get into is affinity. Affinity is a natural or instinctive feeling of connection or attraction to someone or something. Etymologically, it comes from our Latin affinitas, which refers to a relationship or connection, which I believe is pretty cool. Now, if you learn something new, 
And you feel all lovey-dovey after this one because you know I love you guys so deeply, you know, because at the end of the day, if you guys have gotten this far, hell yeah, I love you guys. Like for you guys to be listening to this stuff and to try and, you know, learn something new, good God. I have so many, you know, so many people are just so fixated in their phones nowadays. They're not really wanting to open up their scope more. You know, talking to people that don't really want to learn why Latin is a, a is a dead language that actually is alive. Yes, objectively it is dead, but I can tell you very much as to why it is alive because I just threw out a bunch of words that came from those Latin. And if you knew the Latin, you would know the English and you would know words associated with, which helps you expand your vocabulary and your understanding of the language more critically. So, you know, it just is what it is. But thank you. Because you're doing something that not a lot of people do. I mean, like, I think you guys are really of the upper echelon. So um, I wish that I could put more fit in names to you guys that listen to me. Um, and if you do, hit me up. Like I said, latinandlaymans at gmail.com, liamconnerly at gmail.com. I would love to answer questions. You guys know me. I'm a teacher. Teachers want to answer questions. Those that will that want to teach. I mean, if you're a teacher that doesn't want to answer questions, then you're jaded in your field and you probably need to seek out another opportunity to, uh, to reinvigor yourself because you don't want to continue to go down, um, you know, a route that is not fulfilling for you. So at the end of the day, thank you guys again. I hope you learned something new. Tempest Est, to scatter.